0: Thanks for joining us for the final episode of Season 6 of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders of Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the finance guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, my brother from another mother, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the restaurant guy.
1: And thanks for that kind introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Schatzie. Together, we are the personalities behind branded strategic hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, food service, technology, innovation, and capital. That is a lot of stuff there, Jimmy. It's a lot of stuff. Jimmy, I got to tell you, today we have one of the most incredible shows. And I I can't tell you how excited I am to finish up season six with this guest. But before I get to it, I just want to tell you that, do you know how many listeners we have right now? Subscribers, I should say. Outside of our families? Outside of you and me, we have over 15,000 subscribers. Now, not listeners, subscribers. Listening is like, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand. 15,000 subscribers. And Jimmy, that's a big number. So I got to tell you, it's great to finish up season six with a superstar guest and a big number of 15,000. So Jimmy, I could talk about the marketplace, but you know what, Jimmy? We don't usually get superstar guests like we have today. So With a guest like this, let's just get into it because I don't know how long we're going to have this
0: guest for. All right. I say we play. So, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, we are very excited for today's episode. In Season 5, Episode 4, a little flashback, our guest and friend, Mr. Jeff Alexander of WowBow, asked me during his talking back question, if we could have any guest on our podcast, who would it be? I didn't. I didn't have to think. Okay, my answer was none other than the great Mister Robert Earl. But here's the question I got: If you could have anybody on this podcast, anybody, live or dead, who would it be?
1: Why would it be that person, and what would you ask him or her?
0: That's a really good question. I'm going a living legend, and and I say this with the with the absolute uh, hope, and I dare say confidence that we might get him on. I know where you're going with this. It's Mr. Earl. It's, uh, Robert, it's Robert Earl! It's Robert Earl from Earl Enterprises. Oh, well, he must have been listening, or our producer just did a really good job sending him that clip, because our wish has been granted, and I could not be more honored to introduce uh, our friend and guest today, Mr. Robert Earl. Robert has developed and opened hundreds of restaurants from Planet Hollywood to Buca de Pepe, uh, Bertucci's, and Earl of Sandwich, named just a few. Uh, just a few, he, Jimmy. Just a few. He's open We'd be hotels. be here for an hour. If we kept going, he's opened hotels. He's hosted his own TV program. He even owns a football club. Among his other accolades, he was named one of the top twenty-five most influential Americans by Time Magazine. This isn't by the branded newsletter. This is by Time Magazine. And he's most That's a recently Magazine, Jimmy. I read that. Big Magazine, his most recently developed uh, VDC, Virtual Dining Concepts, we're gonna, which we're going to talk about. So, uh, Robert, it is a privilege, and, we're, and we appreciate you. We'll let you take the lead. Please give us a little background about yourself. And of course, uh, let's, let's jump right into a little elevator pitch on, on Virtual Dining Concepts.
2: Firstly, thank you, gentlemen. It's a great honor to finally be invited. I've been begging to be on your podcast for a long time. And let's hope we That's can- That's not the way we remember it, base. but okay. <laughs> let's hope we can grow your <laughs> subscriber base. Yes, yes. Um, So I, I think a starting point is that you're talking to a restaurateur. You're talking to someone that has had a long career on a global basis in every type of food operation and most sectors of the hospitality industry. Um, That's given me huge experience, good and bad, had some wonderful successes, have had some failures along the way, which all strengthen one's knowledge if you learn from them. Um, I have a superb team. A lot of them I must have compromising photos of because they've been (laughs) with me their entire career. um, And I'm very proud of that. But we are currently encouraging getting a large group of fresh, energetic, younger team into the company as well. Um, I could talk for hours about virtual dining concepts, but I think the starting point is that restaurant technology was lagging behind all other technology, and as soon as those third-party platforms started to grow, we all woke up to these other audiences that were out there. And, of course, those audiences are a much larger consumer base than the narrow group that will come and eat inside our restaurants. So we all got into that. Trish Giordano, who's a big, close fan of your company, um, she kept pushing me, kept pushing me. And ultimately, (laughs) we said... Okay, we have spare capacity in our kitchens. So let's create some other brands that are disconnected from where they're produced, but they are available to the consumer on a wider basis. We tested it, and we're our own best validator. And now we said, now that it works, let's go out. And if we have one thing that we're really good at... It's connections with talent and IP, intellectual property. So we're constantly building inside VDC, Virtual Dining Concepts, our three verticals. One, the creation of IP. Two, to build a massive kitchen community on a global basis that takes our brand and stay tuned for future announcements not today, but three, a technology company. Clearly we want to be in well,
1: the limit space. It. Boom. Well, listen, Robert, thank you for all that, and we're gonna we're gonna get some breaking news out of you today. I know it. But before we take a deeper dive into VDC, virtual dining concepts, let me just ask you, how did you get into the restaurant business? Can you take us back? Can you take us back? How, why restaurants? You have had an illustrious career. I mean, Planet Hollywood would be enough for most people. Just Planet Hollywood. But tell us a little bit about that, because I think that's really incredible. Sure.
2: Um, My father, who bless him, is nearly 96, was a very famous singer in the United Kingdom. Um, Lots of hit records, recording star. And I was always exposed to Talent and show business and brands. I had zero talent to perform on stage. I was reluctant. I to find go that out hard to believe. To <laughs> okay, please keep stroking. Um, <laughs> I was reluctant to go out to work. And as a consequence, I decided that there was a middle ground. How could I find a university college to you? that had a great course that would benefit me for my future. And I discovered essentially a hospitality department at one university in the United Kingdom. And I had a field day, got into huge trouble, took a few hundred students away for a week from all their classes and used them as my team to cater for a massive pop festival. Um, (laughs) Spent a year in England's number one hotel at the time, the Grosvenor House, working every department, witnessing every scam and dodge that are known to mankind. And then um, I worked at the Savoy Hotel as well. And Every aspect of it has been brick building. And you don't really realize that until you get a lot later in life. So I'm at that stage now where I call upon all of my experiences that I've had. And then I got very lucky. I met with a hugely successful entrepreneur who, quite frankly, was more into currency trading than um, working in the family restaurant business and it was at a time a long time ago when the London was changing its face and all these wonderful people called Americans (laughs) were starting to come on holiday there and we said now just a minute what would they like and suddenly all my experiences came together and we created thematic dinner shows a Scottish evening, a Cockney evening, a medieval banquet. So here was I at the ripe old age of about 22, developing what became the most successful restaurant in London. It was called the Beef Eater by the Tower. It still exists. It's in some medieval vaults where we kept all our convicts before we sent them away and they became Australians. (laughs) Um, And we had King Henry and we had fighting knights and we had um, um, just you name it, um, every aspect of drinking um, from a mug and from unlimited wine and eating with a dagger. And so I've always had this combination of entertainment and food, and all the way up to working with the biggest TV chef in the world, Guy Fieri, which I'm so proud of. We have a partnership now called Chicken Guy that I'm sure we'll talk about later Mm -hmm. because it's right in that sweet spot of fast casual. Um, So I started for some of the wrong reasons, but I realized that hospitality was for me. And, and then I've had the beauty of working all around the world with every type of level of, of restaurant food operation, and that makes me who I am now.
0: I think that is, that is awesome, exciting. When's and the I- book coming out? When's the book? When's the movie? When's the movie coming out? Yeah, let's go out? right to a movie. Why do we need a book? For? Let's go right to the book, movie. Book.
1: Well, the
2: problem is I know that there's 10 people that will hire the hitman. To stop the really good stories. <laughs> remember, I've been. Okay. Remember, I've been around the world with all the most famous names <laughs> and spent days and weeks in <laughs> <laughs> some weird and wonderful destinations. Right, we'll
1: keep those stories for me, you, and Jimmy in Vegas alone at the bar. I agree. Ah. And,
0: and by the way, I thought there was a chance, Shatsy, we were about to be offered a job by Robert. He wanted he wanted high-energy people. He wanted enthusiastic people, but then he specifically said young people and you and I, Chat, are out. <laughs> yeah. They're not, looking for, they're not looking for us. Okay, listen, I want to get right into the meat and potatoes, as they say, and that is um, Uh, virtual kitchens and, and we've we've hinted we're talking about it you founded virtual dining concepts VDC in September 2019, and you gave a nice shout out to uh, uh, one of your key uh, one of your key persons and a good friend of ours, uh, Trish Giordano. Um, but you founded this in September 19. No realization, no no foresight that that six months later, in-store dining as we know it would be imploded uh, by the pandemic, and our industry would be forever changed. So how did this alter the course of your business model? Here you are launching BDC, and then a pandemic comes crashing on the. Sh- shores and actually on a global basis. How did this alter the course of your business model?
2: I think that a lot of restaurants survived because of delivery. I think that it's an obvious statement all around the world, and you guys understand it better than most. We were closed down. We were closed down indoor. Then we were allowed to open outdoor. Then we were allowed to open indoor. Then we expanded our outdoor. And the most important fact from all of that is, if you look at the growth around the whole country, you will find that they've expanded their seating from the same kitchen. So where people would have told you in the past, we don't have spare capacity, we're completely full. I can name you 50 restaurants that I eat at that have permanently, if the authorities allow them, permanently doubled their seating and they haven't done a thing to their kitchen. This was indicative of the assertion that we've always made that you all have spare capacity, not necessarily every time of day and every single business is different. If it's a 24-hour restaurant, we know they have some very tough hours. Um, if it's a breakfast, lunch, dinner, we know that dinner, you have to stay open, but you're suffering. Each different type of restaurant has different spare capacity. And we leaned in on that. And and, and where the whole thing starts was, irrespective of COVID, this was going to happen. The only reported growth area of any magnitude back in 19 was delivery. Um, The number of total restaurants in our country never dramatically grows. If you look back, there are changes of brand that is inside the space. Now, with the decline in retail, there has been an F&B growth because as a landlord, it's the only thing I can repurpose it for. But generally, if we look at big, big growth... It comes from delivery. And then we have a finite number of existing restaurants that can sell their brand, their bricks-and-mortar brand, through delivery. But then where is it open-ended? The answer is to have a virtual brand. And Mm -hmm. I am of the firm opinion that this is right at the beginning of its life cycle.
1: Listen, we know that the old days, and 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 I'll I'll put myself in the old days of running a restaurant. The only sorts of revenue was in-store dining. That was it, and then yeah, New York twenty years ago. You know, Jimmy grew up in this in New York City. You know, you'd you'd call up a pizza place, you'd call up a Chinese restaurant, and and you know there were a few places in New York City that did delivery. But today, we we know that's completely changed, as you said. I mean, you've got to be doing delivery, but but and having additional revenue streams for an operator today is a must it's a must so what other ways can operators maximize their potential for new business outside of just delivery i mean that's what i want to that's what i think you were getting towards and i just wanted to articulate what other areas outside of delivery outside of delivery um when i say that if i have a restaurant i and, and i've i've got all my I, I, the only business i have is is coming in and now i'm doing delivery and so what other areas are there that's that's where the virtual that's where the virtual brands come well,
2: in. the the lowest hanging fruit is when we talk to a restaurant and we identify their equipment their labor which corners of the kitchen are quieter than others. Mm -hmm. What skews do they have? What produce do they have that has a limited shelf life? And with all of that knowledge as restaurateurs, we come back to those restaurants and say, boy, do we have a brand for you? Mm -hmm. And, And so the virtual scene, I would predict that in very few years, let's say three from now, there will not be a restaurant that doesn't have a virtual brand. And there won't be a consumer that doesn't, with knowledge, say to the server, hey, what virtual brands are coming out of your kitchen? And there won't be a restaurant that will be trying to hide it. And there won't be a restaurant that's not trying to even have these brands that they've previously hidden on us as a pickup Mm -hmm. for obvious reasons, because one of the inhibiting factors that everyone has to live with is the third-party platform costs. They have Mm -hmm. a place, they're a very important group. I love them, we work with them, but the restaurant, as you know, absorbs the majority of their fee. And when you add that to the tight market we're in with the higher labor costs, with the higher food costs, which from my hundred years of experience won't go away after the crisis has gone away. There'll be the mm-hmm. new base. It's very costly and you start to lose consumers because the consumer is weighing up. What can I buy from a supermarket? how much do i have to pay for the experience at home
0: you know when we launched our business uh, about 4 years ago we leaned heavily to your point on the off premise uh omni channel really and and for us it started with delivery and improving our offerings um today to your point um we think pick up takeaway we think creating a better experience for that for the guests that comes to our our, our venues um Um, doesn't dine in, but then, you know, Takes and you know, does the takeaway thing. That is so important, and the margins are so attractive, or more attractive, uh, both for the um, for the venue, and we know the consumer. I think is seeing the benefits of that as well. Um, so I think I, I do think that is going to be a big uh, play going forward. Um, is how to make mm-hmm. sure the pickup is as seamless and 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 and, and, and enjoyable as possible. But I want to talk about one of your brands. Um, we've talked about uh, on our show uh, on the on the hospitality out we've talked about mr beast burger a few times we had yep. marty hanfield of olo uh on the episode on, on the podcast and he talked about uh mr beast we had your very own trish giordano um and she um highlighted uh mr beast and and for our listeners vdc we get
1: mr beast on why don't we need robert let's just get mr beast Am I wrong? This is yeah, the good, problem. Right now. This
2: is this is where your fifteen thousand is a little <laughs> bit of a small number. Um, this this twenty-three-year-old yes. North Carolinian gets a hundred million. Let me repeat that: a hundred million different
0: viewers of his YouTube. Yep. You've got some growth to catch up. Yeah, I think we got a lot of growth. And that's, by the way, that's and by for the sure. way, Robert just <laughs> he just took my thunder away because I'm gonna put a number out. That number is gonna seem really small relative to what Robert just shared about his his viewers. But VDC launched in a single weekend. Three hundred Mr. Beast Burger locations. I mean, imagine three hundred locations opening in a single weekend. I can't open a I, I can't open a store, yeah. one restaurant. And that I mean. happened on December nineteenth. That's the reason. That's the
2: reason that I'm very happy. This is just audio yep. <laughs> and not video because I've gone grey from <laughs> that weekend. But um, an interesting story. Another key member of VDC is my 28 year old son. And sometime in the second half of 2019, he came to see us and said, hey dad, I'm really excited. We've signed Mr. Beast. And what um, did you say? Not, I know I'm not allowed to swear on the podcast, but of I was like, can. who yeah, the F worse.
1: is that?
2: Now, here am I with <laughs> Mariah Carey and Guy Fieri and Tiger the Rapper. And he pats me on the head and says, don't worry, Dad, you'll see. We were so ill-prepared
0: <laughs> for what happened. That became Mister the, the number one app, okay? TikTok, puh, puh, okay? Mr. Beast, number one app. And I, I shouldn't have interrupted you because you're sharing the insights. I was going to say, what's going on and how is Mr. Beast doing today? Sure, and do, sure. And you so, now, now you know him. <laughs>
2: yeah, so just to finish... He is growing day by day in his global reach. And he's allowed us now, for example, this week we opened 40 more in the United Kingdom. We've opened in Taiwan and Dubai and Paris, um, all with him. We're up to 1,600 different kitchens today that are cooking Mr. Beast Burgers. It is technically by far
1: the fastest-growing restaurant chain in the world. In the world? Well, listen, speaking of TikTok, we've got some breaking news. First of all, Mr. Beast is the fastest-growing restaurant (laughs) in the world, and you heard it here on the Hospitality Hangout Live. Now I have some additional breaking news that TikTok, this summer, TikTok, and Robert Earl and the VDC, Virtual Dining Concepts, will be launching delivery-only TikTok restaurants based on virtual TikTok recipes such as baked feta pasta, twisted bacon and corn ribs. Robert, what can you tell us about this new relationship with TikTok and VDC? Um, still evolving. Or did I say it all?
2: Yeah, it's still evolving. We're still finalizing some aspects of it, but I promise to give it to you first. But um, it's not a
1: breaking news for today. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. You took the thunder. All right, so it wasn't breaking news. Damn it.
0: And but by the way, Chatsy, as you were as you were reeling off the baked feta pasta and the twisted bacon and corn you ribs, I turned around. I was thinking, is this the moment where we're gonna get surprised? Because baked feta pasta to me sounds awesome. Awesome. But all right, maybe we'll have to. What, block- twisted bacon corn dogs, doesn't sound good? It sounds really good. I just like I love feta. Kitty, baked feta pasta, count me in. I can't uh, wait for it to come alive. Stay right. tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. All there right, all right. You that heard it here today. live
1: on the Hospitality Hangout. We are getting breaking news,
0: but just not today. Just not today. Coming soon. Listen, what we love Correct. about virtual kitchens um, is the opportunity, and and you you're you're living it. You're actually leading it. Is the opportunity for innovation, both from the operator as well as the virtual brand. It is endless. What is what is what is it that most excites you about the future of this space? Um. I think it's the
2: unlimited growth. I think it's the opportunity to be creative. And this is stage one. I mean, I envisage factories. I envisage distributing many other products. I envisage helping all of these kitchens. Um, I have this wonderful deal with the cake boss, otherwise known as Buddy Velastro, who you should have mm-hmm. on the show. Jersey
1: guy, Jersey guy, baby.
2: Yeah, um, I've been out to the house a few times. Oh, my God, his wife's cooking to die for. I was there for his birthday about three (laughs) weeks ago. What a spread. Um, but, But what's interesting there is he utilizes his factory. He's got a production facility, and we work together to identify cake slices, that are so appropriate for the market. And he produces them, and we get them delivered to all of these kitchen partners. And the kitchen partner literally has to take them from the chiller or ambient and put them into the beautiful Buddy V bag as they are ordered, Um, and we've integrated all the order into their POS system and everything else, and we are off to the races. This is part of the future where I, the restaurateur, are a distribution point, as you techies would call it, inside the last mile.
0: I love it. And uh, by the way, Shatsy, um, you and I have been to Buddy V's. We went to his joint in Vegas. I got to tell you, it was an awesome awesome experience oh he's got a lot he's got a bunch he's got one right here in the city too he's a jersey guy jimmy
1: jimmy he's a jersey guy nobody hates jersey more than you
0: that's not true that's not true frank sinatra the boss i'm a huge fan of jersey i just grew up in new york city uh listen we can't have you on the podcast and not talk about uh the new four floor planet hollywood opening in new york city's very own Theater district. Not only will guests be able to enjoy the experience of Planet Hollywood itself, but there'll be several other restaurants within the space, including you mentioned him, Guy Fieri's Chicken Guy, and your own Ghost Kitchen. Um, you know, firing out foods from your virtual concept. Shatsy and I can't wait to walk the red carpet. We can't wait for our invitation. What can you tell us about about Planet Hollywood opening in New York City's Times Square?
1: Yeah, that, I got to tell you, if anybody's got, if anybody's saying New York City's gonna be just fine, that's Robert, Mr. Robert. Because he signed one hell of a big lease over there.
2: Um, first, I can tell you that you will be the first on the red carpet, probably before the press gets there. But but um
0: he's-
1: Whoa, look at that, guys! Yes, he gotcha. he hasn't before the press, no one gets us. Um,
0: yeah, he, he gets us into the joint before the press gets there. <laughs> that's because we're not going to
1: the opening, I guess. Correct.
0: Yeah, you'll <laughs> be at the opening, I commit. Um
2: so I think it is indicative of our belief that um, post-COVID nowhere comes back more than New York comes back. If New York doesn't come back, the world doesn't come back. It's going to be a different place because as we now know, several departments in any organization can work from home. It's an important point for all your listeners But the office is still necessary, but maybe for less departments. I've got to be able to see my sales and marketing people, but I don't necessarily have to see my IT or finance people. So offices are going to change. They will be smaller, but there'll be more of them. As the population goes towards this 8 billion in the world now, It's just going to be more and more growth from this dynamic country that is so creative, and New York will always be the nerve center. We found a space that uh, is on 42nd Street, um, but it also is on the thoroughfare if you're going as a visitor between Fifth Avenue and Times Square. So everyone passes Mm -hmm. our door. By having multi-operations in the same complex, you are really hedging your bets. So we're operating three different businesses, as you described, a traditional Planet Hollywood, which will be on two floors, a few hundred seats, with some twists. It'll be a bit more of an art gallery with some unique installations, as well as some of our $50 million collection. Um, You heard that number, guys, if you're bidding. And then um, on (laughs) on, on, on top of that, our expansion of Chicken Guy is just awesome. Guy Fieri is the best. He created a really unique concept in a very, very popular sector. Chicken is the protein of choice for America now because it's perceived to be slightly healthier than beef. Guy's cooking process and his secret marinades and his secret spices and seasonings separate him. And to have a chef-inspired fast casual is a little bit of a different position. and then the third concept is a VDC operation that will be a pickup to go operation, just like you defined, what we would call curbside. And then additionally, from the back of the building, it will be there for all the car fleets to pick up from all of our great third party partners, as well as our own consumer direct. And it will be a test kitchen. It will be one that we're constantly changing brands. And at any one time, we have some fantastic brands coming. We haven't yet formally um, announced Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey has worked with us on an awesome brand. I asked him about his own eating
1: Is habit. that breaking news? Is yes. that breaking news? Yes. Steve Harvey, VDC, yes. breaking news? Hello, yes. everybody. Yes. And yes, <laughs> um, I
2: asked Steve about his personal food tastes, and he basically said, I like to eat healthy, but then some days I like to be more indulgent. So we came up with a concept with him where – You can have the proteins in a clean manner, in a bowl, or you can have them in my normal way of eating, more decadent with the sauces, with the bun, (laughs) with the carbs that go with it. And we have the most wonderful name because, as you know, he is constantly on the air with a great TV show that you both grew up with, called Family Feud. And so
1: this- Oh, Jimmy, that's Jimmy's love, Family Feud.
0: Love Family Feud. So
2: this brand is called Steve Harvey's Family Food.
0: By the way, shots, that's, that's legitimately breaking news. That's a gift that was just given to us, man. Hold Holy on. Hold moly. On. I, got, I got CNBC on the other line. They want to know what we're on. I got people calling. On. My phone is blowing up right blowing now.
1: Up. <laughs> Steve Harvey's family, family
0: food. food.
1: Wait for it. Mic drop. Hello. <laughs> that is awesome.
0: <laughs> I love it. By the way, we actually already referenced family food earlier. It, we've been
2: visiting him in Atlanta, going on the studio set with him, and he's been having tastings. And we're rather excited by our extensions into beverage.
0: Wow! By the way, by the way, Shatzi, Steve Harvey makes us look lazy. I think we work hard. That's one of the hardest working men in show business. I got to tell you. Yeah, him and Ryan Seacrest, man, they're just—they they're always on something. Always right on. on. They work, man. Dude. Those guys are working. Yeah. All right. That was awesome. Listen. So, Rob, guys. Yes, sir.
2: Guys, get this. The beverage is called the Harvey Palmer.
1: Oh, <laughs> Harvey Palmer. Another one. I love it. Harvey Palmer. So Chad, got- you can't take- Go ahead, Family you this food. Family food. Harvey, the Palmer. Harvey Palmer. Are you kidding me? I love it oh my. Well, i gotta tell you i can't wait for that but i can't wait for this this is unbelievable this is breaking news this is
0: legitimately breaking news i gotta tell you this is good fun listen uh robert while we started this podcast because we love bringing guests on and we love asking the questions we learned along the way that sometimes our guests and friends have questions for us so we created talking back we offer our guests the opportunity to take the mic as i like to say nothing is off the table so robert uh the microphone is yours sir Um, I've got to know you over the last
2: year or so. I think that you're doing a great job. I think you're building a super company. I think you're very approachable. You stay attuned and believe it or not, I'm an avid reader of your weekend updates. Um, As your company (laughs) continues to grow, how do you two plan to keep that same personal connection with everyone
0: that is a great question that that's a great, great question, question. Chaty, would you like to take a I shot mean, you want me for, to I jump mean, in
1: I, I i'm gonna uh, uh, the short answer for me is i gotta be honest with you like for me the hospitality as the restaurant guy, it's in my blood. So keeping it personal and and talking to people and breaking bread and having drinks and meeting people, that is innate to me. I love doing it. I, I, I enjoy what we're building here. And one thing I love about it is that I get to go to all the trade shows, get to go out for dinner, get to meet everybody, get to see everybody in our restaurants. I, I continue to really enjoy... Uh, that part of the business, um, of, of the interacting with our partners on the tech side, the innovation side, uh, on the investment side, everyone and bringing everybody together and really, uh, and, and I don't see that changing. And if that ever changes, I wouldn't be happy. So I am not stopping what I continue to love to do, which is interacting and being with folks.
0: I uh, I agree with you, Shatzi, and, and actually, I'll only add, um, you know, for me, I've had I've had two um, kind of careers. Um, I've, I've had every job in front of the kitchen as a much younger uh, person. Um, and then I moved into the world of uh, financial and capital markets and investment management. And I feel this, 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 these last four years have been the merging of these two interests. Um, the hospitality, as you said, is, is kind of part of uh, our, our DNA. Um, and, and now I get to uh, bring them, you know, hopefully a, uh, a good stewardship of capital Um, for the folks that are supporting us. To your question about how do we maintain that as we grow, I think one of the things we've been leaning in on is how do we do more with the very companies and the very people that we've been fortunate enough to meet? So while we cast a wide net when we launched the business, I do find that you know, for example, there are companies we've made a myriad of follow-on investments. There are companies we met that we're now working much closer with. Um, it's not just the companies that we've invested with, but some of our friends in the market we're doing more and more with. So while the net was cast very, uh, very wide, I'm now finding that we're doing far more with actually um, a smaller, more intimate group. And and I think we'll always be looking to bring new folks into the community, but That's I also true. love that yeah. we're doing more with the folks that have really come together. And these, you know, you, you gave a nice shout out to the weekend update and I appreciate it. I end every one of those updates with, it takes a village. And we really believe that if you're going to have the, 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 confidence or the nerve to think you could take a young company and help it succeed and grow, you're going to need a lot of friends. You're going to need a really good community to help get that done. So I, I, I aspire to maintain the energy and the passion. Um, and we can check back, um, as we continue to evolve, and see if we've done just that. But thank you for the very kind words on what we've done thus far. And uh, and we'll have you back on the show and you could tell us if we've maintained uh, that enthusiasm and, and authenticity, uh, being authentic as we approach this industry. Robert and
1: Jimmy, I have a question for you. We're going to ask you, which came first? Because we're talking a lot about hospitality. We're talking about technology. We're talking about slow to embrace technology. So I'm going to ask you, which came first? The clothing iron or the waffle iron? Ooh. Clothing
2: iron or the waffle iron? The clothing iron. Jimbo,
1: do, would you care to take I a guess? I just don't have
0: the uh, the nerve or confidence to disagree with Mr. O, so I'm going the clothing iron came first. I got to tell you, you know, everybody would have
1: thought the clothing iron, right? But no. The oh. waffle iron was created in 1869 by Mr. Cornelius Swat Hout of Troy, New York. He was thinking waffles for his kids. He knew how much everyone loves waffles. The clothing iron, because nobody wants to iron clothes, was not till 13 years later when Mr. Henry Seeley patented the electric flat iron in 1882. By the way, patent number 259054. I so it was a that. waffle iron. I dispute that. Uh, you know, <laughs> I googled it, I googled it, and googled it again. But uh, I will, I will make a note that we have a you, dispute. Julie, our producer, you we'll never, have to uh, You never said.
2: It. You never said electric. Oh. I can show you. I can show
1: you back oh. in medieval England oh. times. Oh. Very true. You didn't say electric. You up uh, You are yes. right, sir. Yeah, you are right. We didn't say, like, Julie, we did not say electric waffle iron. Yeah, you got to figure the one. The iron, they were probably taking a
0: piece of rock and putting it on a fire and sticking it it on a guy's shirt. Back in I know like it was a rock, but times. it was definitely a piece of steel with a flat side, heated. Yeah.
1: Oh, man. Nice job. All right. Well, anyway, the point is the waffle iron, 1869. Damn it. That's old anyway.
0: All right. There you have it. I like it. All right. Our crystal ball moment where we get to ask our guests to put on their Kreskin or Miss Cleo hat and predict the future, the future. Uh, Mr. Earl, how do you see restaurants and dining two years from now in relation to hospitality and technology?
2: Um, I think that they're going to be a little more impersonal, sadly. Um, I I think that all of these robotics that are occurring are going to come out in a consumer-facing manner as well. Um, I went to see one the other day and um, watched them load up the robot in the trial and bring it over to the table. Um, So I think that whilst we're going to have perhaps more efficient, speedier operation, that we're going to lose a lot of the personal interaction because people don't want to work in our tough industry, because the restaurateurs are being asked to pay money that they can't afford whilst keeping the prices at a competitive level. I think that technology is going to be there to make it more efficient, but I think quite a bit more impersonal. And it's something that we we need to be um, um, aware of. Um, I, I think that there's going to be a continuation of more different foods aggregated in a way for us to experience them instead of us being segmented and just going to a steakhouse or just doing that. Or in the delivery case, we are planning that all of our brands will be on an aggregator app. And for example, I'm doing a project in the Valley in LA, which I'm rather excited about. Oh my God, more breaking news for you. And, um, <laughs> and um, there will be 20 to 24 different food operations that you can go and pick from in a food hall. Oh. But the people that live in the neighbouring area, it is our intention that rather like Instacart, you can choose from all 24 And you will do it as one aggregated
1: order. Right. Makes perfect sense. So, so, so the family can, doesn't have to fight over what they're going to eat tonight. Everybody could get what makes them happy from that one app and aggregate. Exactly. Yep. Makes perfect sense.
0: I like it. Chat, I think this episode was so good. We could just stop right now. I mean, there's nothing left to talk about, right? I mean, we're done, done. Listen.
1: We got a lot of breaking news, (laughs) but let me tell you, the greatest part of the whole whole podcast is the branded quickfire. Robert, I'm going to ask you five lightning round questions. Just whatever comes to your mind, first thing, I hope I don't get you in trouble. Are you ready? Yes. Favorite celebrity to have dinner with? Um, You can't say Jimmy. You can't say Jimmy.
2: Um. Jason Statham, Arnold Schwarzenegger,
1: Ooh. Sylvester Stallone. Ah, you see how politically correct he was there, Jimmy?
0: Good muscle, that by the way, that's a strong table. Correct. Literally, that's a strong table. strong table.
1: Where are you getting dinner from tonight, Mr. Earl?
2: Tonight,
1: I. it's Tuesday night, I'm
2: having unlimited steak. Probably, <laughs> um, I'll probably
1: demolish a
2: tomahawk
1: oh. that the two of you couldn't eat. I gotta tell you, I'm loving the tomahawk, by the way. Favorite food city in the world? Very difficult question. Um,
2: I love going to Paris um, because the amount of work that goes into every dish is so complex. Um, however, um, I would tell you that Miami is on fire. You've never seen so many great restaurants open in one city. The variety, the different cuisines, and a big shout out to a young group that's become very big in New York called Major, Um, they are Mm -hmm. really taking over now in Miami. And um, I ate in three of their places in the last three weeks. And they have such variety from private dining club to carbone that I could eat at every night to um, um, a Middle Eastern concept.
1: Yep, they just opened a Sedelza down in, uh, in Miami too. One of their yes. uh, breakfast places. Yeah, Major does a great job. Favorite place to travel? Um, Turks and Caicos, Parrot Key. Oh yeah, nice beaches there. Nice beaches oh, there. Okay. I haven't been Last there question. in two days. <laughs> 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 okay, imagine this. Okay, we're playing soccer or as, as football, as 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 you say, and it comes down to a shootout, and you not only have the final kick to win the game, but you can choose the goalie. Okay, you can choose the goalie. It's either me or Jimmy in the front of the net. Who do you have better odds of beating in this shootout? You pick the goalie, me it's or Jimmy. It's an interesting
2: question. It's an interesting question. Um, Jimmy is trying to present himself on screen as being a great athlete. Um, and you, on the other hand, yes, are a dedicated restaurateur.
1: Um, Check this out.
2: Boy, boy, it's difficult. Um, Jimmy is more out of condition than you. Um,
1: Ah,
2: Jimmy, pull up your shirt. Pull pull up your shirt. Okay, based on all of those facts, I'm comfortable that I can put it past
0: either of you. (laughs) Very diplomatic. (laughs) Very, very oh, diplomatic dude. and respected. I, uh, I I'm going to make sure my producer knows that I, I actually played goalkeeper uh, in, in in college. Although I spent a lot more time taking the uh, 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 taking thorns or the splinters out of my butt from the lack of uh, on-field time. But, but, but I practiced that a lot. I Yeah, well, I, I swallowed a lot of aggression back then. Too many pizzas. with a lot of pizzas. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And right. I wanted
2: to thank you two for being on my show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was going to say Mr. Earl, thank you for having us on your podcast
0: thank you for having us thank you for having us absolutely, we appreciate being on your show yeah. <laughs> listen, um, we do want to thank you so much for for really all the great insights you've shared uh, and and not just you, we appreciate your team uh, their patience with us as we've been uh, peppering you to, to get you on this show and we, we couldn't be happier to have you uh, bring our season six uh, to a fantastic uh, finale, um, if you want to get in touch with Robert directly, uh, there's zero chance I'm giving you his digits. So you can email us at podcast. But I do have a cell strategic. phone, Jimmy, if
1: you want me to give uh, it out.
0: No, I think I think we'll have them email the podcast team, and we'd be happy to make the necessary introductions. And for all you operators out there and, and folks, we could not uh, speak more highly of the team at VDC and what they're doing for the industry. Uh, to our listeners, as we bring this season to a close, um, we know there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and um, and we appreciate and value that you continue to make this um, something you're tuning into and subscribing to. And we and we thank you for that. Hey,
1: Jimmy, I would just also like to add: if you want to check out everything that Robert and the team is doing, go to EarlEnterprises.com and also VirtualDiningConcepts.com, and you will see a wealth a wealth of information about everything going on and great pictures of Mister Earl as well. Um, And I just wanted to add one other thing, and thank you, Robert, for being on the show. And I got to tell you, the offer that you have given all of our listeners to be invited to the opening of Planet Hollywood was really incredibly generous, and I thank you, and I want to announce to all our listeners that if you email us right now, Mr. Earl is inviting the first 100 callers to the opening to walk down the uh, red carpet with Mr. Earl at the opening of Planet Hollywood in New York City whenever yeah, that I, happens. I, so thank you again for that. Judge, I think you, you
0: misread, know. but the answer is yes. That's all you true. You could be there at 5 p.m. Yes. And by the way, um, that's be, Sunday. Sunday 5 p.m. And to be clear, you're supposed to meet over in Bryant Park. Um, just wait on the lawn in Bryant Park and somebody <laughs> and Mr. from... Earl will be coming to get you. somebody from <laughs> will come get you. Don't worry. Just wait patiently and we'll make it happen. Um, but as we wrap up, and I cannot believe we're finishing season six. um However, unlike any of your favorite TV shows, which take a lengthy hiatus between seasons, that is not how we roll. We'll be back next week as we launch season seven, and we've already got a great lineup of guests, and it's going to be something. It's uh, gonna I be think tough to
1: beat this one, nothing, Jimmy. I'm nothing, sorry. Nothing
0: beat this one, and Sterling Douglas, eat your heart out, man. i uh, You got to work really hard now to to, Ella, to, to reach Robert's game. Um, but listen, this is yeah. Jimmy Frischling. Uh, your finance guy, A, with great appreciation uh, to Robert and the entire team at Earl Enterprises and VDC. We appreciate you. Um, And to the listeners, again, thank you for continuing to support us. And I'll pass it back to my boy, Shatzi. So I'm signing off.
1: Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, Mr. Robert Earl. And thank you, everybody, for listening to Hospitality Hangout. This is the restaurant guy, aka Shatzi, signing off. Thank you.
0: Thanks, everybody. Cheers.